Welcome to Daring to Live by Every Word. My name is Melody Mason, and in this podcast, I will be talking about how we can apply God's Word in practical and relevant ways to our daily life. As I've heard it said, it's not about how many scriptures you know, but about how many you actually live that really matter. So grab your Bible and join me on today's journey as we open God's living Word. It's another beautiful morning here in the Ozarks of Arkansas. And you can probably hear the birds singing beautifully all around me. You know, it's interesting. Um, the way the birds are singing, you would think that it is just the most gorgeous, wonderful, sunshiny morning that you could even imagine. But actually, uh, the sky is covered in dark clouds, and it looks like a storm is coming. (laughs) And yet, the birds are singing. Well, we've talked about their singing before, and what an inspiration that is. Um, And it continues to be to me. As we begin this week's podcast, I want us to turn in our Bibles to Psalms chapter 50, verses 14 and 15. This is what the Bible says. Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But shouldn't we be glorifying God? Shouldn't we be praising God? Even before we see that deliverance? I think so. Again, another beautiful lesson from the morning songbirds who are singing their hearts out, even though we are right on the edge of a great storm. You know, I remember uh, reading stories of Christian martyrs like the Walden Seas and John Wycliffe and Huss and others who faithfully stood for Jesus and yet paid the ultimate sacrifice in giving up their lives. A few years ago, I had the beautiful privilege, I think I may have shared about this previously, of taking a trip um, through Europe It was called a Reformation Tour, and basically what we were doing was tracing the footsteps of the Reformers. We started in Rome and um, basically at the Vatican, which couldn't get out of there fast enough. Um, The pomp and all of that that was witnessed and the idolatry that is on every side was just mind-blowing. But from there, we traveled up to the mountains of Italy and just gorgeous, gorgeous mountains, and into the foothills, and then higher into the mountains, and basically to the very place where the Waldenses lived. And I think that that was probably my favorite spot of the entire trip, um, visiting the mountains. We hiked over the mountains. We saw the the uh, stone homes that the Waldenses had built, you know, like 500 plus years ago that they had lived in. 
um, trying to escape the persecution. Um, we visited caves where Waldenses died, uh, just just seeking to be faithful to God and his word. We visited the School of the Barbs where many Waldensian children were trained to follow God, to love God, to love his word. Such an inspirational, beautiful um, witness that was to me. And we went on through Europe. Uh, we went to Geneva, Switzerland and uh, other places, um, Zurich, where we we witnessed, you know, different places where some of these very men and women gave up their life. I've been at the the site where Huss was burned at the stake and where Zwingli uh, died in the waters there in Zurich, Switzerland, and more. And, you know, as I witness, you know, the testimony, of course, these people are long gone, have been laid to their rest. But as I remember their testimony of their undaunted courage and faith, I am so inspired and I don't know about you, but I've always prayed that God would give me that same courage to stand for my faith, no matter the cost. However, probably like many of you, for most of my life here in the uh, modern West, I've been surrounded by peace, not persecution. You know, I've never really thought a lot about what it might look like to suffer for my faith. Um... But in recent months and with the changing of times, I've I've begun to realize that that persecution isn't far away. You know, the tide is turning. Uh, the The Christian faith that we embrace is not um, as peaceful and popular as it used to be. More and more people are are getting in trouble for standing for biblical truth, for standing for biblical values. And as a result, you know, I've questioned my own readiness. You know, of course, I want to be that woman that's going to stand for God no matter, no matter the storms. And that's going to be singing my heart out in praise no matter the storms. But I've had to ask, you know, myself and examine my own heart. Am I, am I really ready as I should be? Honestly, honestly, I, you know, I don't know if we're, we're ever, ever ready, ready. At least I don't feel ready. Um, but. Knowing Jesus, of course, we we know we have all that we need for whatever crisis that is coming. But anyway, a few months ago, as I was thinking about my weak spots and my need for more endurance and spiritual fortitude, I started praying that God would help me prepare for the coming crisis. You know, of course, I've always prayed this, but praying this more specifically, and that he would help me to especially know how to stand strong in the face of religious persecution and and religious um, mocking and and all of that. Well, <laughs> it's interesting. You better be careful what you pray for because you just might get it, get it. You know, as I was as I was praying, some things started happening in my life that I never expected. And I found myself being stretched as I never have been for have been before, and in situations that I didn't create, uh, where I actually began to experience some actually painful and rather unexpected religious persecution. 
Um, I was seeking, of course, and have been seeking to serve the Lord and be faithful to his word. Uh, and yet my whole world was was turned upside down and some people turned against me uh, or tried to get others to turn against me and and told me, you know, that I was crazy and that I that I, in fact, wasn't even going to be saved because of my strange uh, beliefs. You know, relationships that I had previously enjoyed were severed. And why was that? Well, because of what I stand for and what I believe according to God's word as a Christian today. I remember when uh, these very unexpected trials began, I, I was you know, crying out to the Lord, Lord, this is painful. Why, why are these things happening to me? It doesn't make sense. I haven't done anything to merit these attacks. But then it hit me one day, hadn't I been praying to become strong, God was answering my prayer by allowing me a very small glimpse of what it's like to be persecuted for righteousness sake. Now, granted, I wasn't being beaten. I wasn't being put in prison or anything like that. It was all just verbal, uh, verbal uh, attacks and verbal character assassination and all of that. And all of these, of course, you know, showed me my own weaknesses and my own desperate need for more of Jesus. You know, the Bible says uh, in in First Peter four twelve, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. You know, what what I should be surprised about, and what you should be surprised about is that we haven't experienced more religious persecution sooner. This is actually what should really, really surprise us. And there's a quote from the book called The Great Controversy, um, which I'm going to reference more here in just a few minutes. But this, I think this is very eye-opening. Uh, listen to what it says. It says, it's quoting from Second Timothy 3.12 here in the beginning. It says, the Apostle Paul declares that all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Second Timothy 3.12. Why is it then that persecution seems in a great degree to slumber? The only reason is the church is that the church has conformed to the world's standard and therefore awakens no opposition. The religion which is current in our day is not of the pure and holy character that marked the Christian faith in the days of Christ and his apostles. It is only because of the spirit of compromise with sin, because the great truths of the word of God are so indifferently regarded, because there is so little vital godliness in the church that Christianity is apparently so popular with the world. Let there be a revival of the faith and power of the early church, and the spirit of persecution will be revived, and the fires of persecution will be rekindled. Well, I believe um, that that is what is beginning to happen, that we are in the midst of seeing a revival of godliness of God's people. And God is waking up his people by by trials and helping them prepare for what is soon to come. Spiritual persecution is actually increasing on all sides, and it's getting closer and closer to home. Um, but rather than being fearful, let us rejoice and lift up our heads, knowing that our redemption is drawing nigh. You know, remember the same God who gave courage and strength to the early church and to the early Christian martyrs will give us strength as well when we need it. But of course, we need to prepare ourselves and our families. And how do we do that? By preparing our hearts. 
There's another quote I love. It comes from a book called The Last Day Events. And it says, Christians should be preparing for what is soon to break upon the world as an overwhelming surprise. And this preparation they should make by diligently studying the word of God and striving to conform their lives to its precepts. So how do we prepare? It's really by getting into God's word and seeking to honor his word and to live his word. And of course, this whole podcast is called Daring to Live by Every Word, right? You know, uh, the thought has often come into my mind, you know, I want to be faithful in the future that that I'll be willing to die for his word, just like those martyrs at the stake in the past. And I want to be willing, you know, for for whatever the cost is. But you know what? The key to preparing to die in the future is learning to die today. You know, daily dying to self, daily dying to our agenda, to our dreams, to our plans, to the tug of the world, and daily seeking to live for Christ, seeking to honor his word, um, seeking to follow his word. You know, it's one thing to say, I esteem the word of God. I believe it. I believe the Bible. I believe it's true. I believe God's word. I believe it's true. But it's another thing to live the word. And um, that's what we want to pray that God will help us to do, that God will help us to lay up his promises in our hearts. You know, that's the best kind of stockpiling. That's the best kind of prepping for the time of trouble and the times that are to come. It's stockpiling his promises in our hearts. And how do we prepare? It's, It's leaning on those promises and learning to live by faith through prayer, even today. You know, I've been thinking more and more about this in my own life, and God's been challenging me in different ways. If I'm going to live by faith in the future, I have to live by faith in the promises today, you know, and stop being anxious and fearful and 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 really trust his word that God means what he says and, and his word will not fail. You know, he he will see us through whatever for, whatever storms we face, whatever lies ahead. But we need to live his word and we need to trust his word today. My friend Homer Tricartan um, used to be a um, church leader, actually, uh, for our church in the Middle East. I think he was stationed, um, yeah, if I remember correctly, I think it was in uh, Lebanon um, there in the Middle East. And He's now retired, but he wrote an article that I thought was so inspiring. And the article is called The Time of Trouble or Promise. He talked about the fact that when COVID hit a couple years ago, and of course, suddenly all of our travels came to a sudden halt because, you know, we were in lockdown and we couldn't travel that he took the time to reread the book, The Great Controversy. And I just mentioned that book a few moments ago. And if you have not read it, I encourage you to get a copy. Powerful, powerful book about the Christian history of our church and about the times to come. And if you need help getting a copy, please reach out to me at daringtolivebyeveryword at gmail.com. And I'd love to help you get a copy. But anyway, he was reading, um, Homer was sharing about how 
he he decided to read the last half of the book uh, but there's a chapter in the book called the time of trouble and he says i have to admit i was actually tempted to skip it you know i don't like trouble and through the years i've often cringed as well-meaning pastors or Sabbath school teachers began to wax eloquent on the horrors that we could expect in the coming time of trouble and how, you know, we should be getting ready now or we'll never survive. And so Homer says, I didn't want to read about the trouble. There's already enough trouble going on. I want to focus on something promising, something beautiful, something full of hope, not the time of trouble. Um, but then he went on to share, you know, the fact, you know, I have to, I have to finish things and I don't like there to be gaps or blanks. And so, you know, as I'm reading through the last part of this book, I'm like, I, I have to read this chapter too. I can't skip over it. So he read the chapter, the time of trouble, but this time as he, he was reading the chapter, the time of trouble, he noticed something that he had never noticed before. And that was the chapter is filled with Bible promises. So he read it again and he made a list. He says, um, there are 20 of them by my count. I wrote them out on cards and I started memorizing them. After all, if we are uh, expecting the time of trouble soon, maybe it would help to know those promises. He's, he shared how these are not verses I've spent much time with in the past, but as I read and reread them and as I worked on memorizing them, I was amazed at what I was learning. So anyway, he just shares how as he was going through the time of trouble, God began to speak to his heart and he realized we often focus on how terrible the trouble or the trial will be. And, you know, the afterthought is kind of, oh, by the way, God's people will eventually be saved. But, you know, there's going to be this great time of trouble. But now as he was reading, he was reminded, you know, you've been reading it all wrong. You know, the focus you, has has in your heart always been on the on the time of trouble and will I sur- survive instead of on God's saving power for his people in the midst of trouble so as he was reading he began to read it in a new way you know in a new way looking at the promises looking at the beauty of what God has promised and how he promises to save us And so he wrote this beautiful article called The Time of Trouble or The Time of Promise. And as I was, you know, listening to to, uh, my friend Homer Tricartan share, I realized how often I too have thought more about the time of trouble than upon the fact that this is going to be a time of great victory, a time of great promise for God's children and God's people and it's going to be a great um a great a great time of deliverance for you and I and we can have peace yeah we're going to have storms yeah we're going to have very very difficult trying experiences such as the Bible tells us we've never experienced before I'm not quite washing that time of trouble but God isn't going to abandon us He's going to be with us. And let's cling to those promises. Let's cling to those promises that God has given us now and recognize the time of trouble is just an opportunity to recognize that we serve a God of promise. So I pray that's an encouragement to you. It has been to me as I think back um, 
on that and on different circumstances that God has allowed me to walk through. And I'm still walking through, you know, regarding that persecution and personal harassment and, and all of that, that I told you God has allowed in my life. I praise the Lord. Um, there's still, there's still some struggles and, and things aren't, uh, resolved as I would like them to be, but I do have to say that God has resolved some things and has give, given healing in some things, but still it has been a, a brief, you know, kind of lesson to me of, of what it feels like to to basically be assassinated because of my beliefs, because I choose to believe what, you know, the Bible says and choose to live it very literally. And because of that, I've experienced some things that are not comfortable, but God has been growing me through these things. And I know he's growing you as well. It's been a very, very busy week for me, as I'm sure it has been for many of you as well. And I've had a lot of late nights and very early mornings. In fact, I woke up at, at oh, I don't know, it was probably about 3.30 this morning. And I was looking out, hoping to see the, hoping to see the stars, because that's one of my favorite beautiful things to enjoy in the middle of the night when God wakes me up to talk with him. But again, as I shared uh, in the beginning of the podcast, um, the cat the the sky is overclass overcast with many clouds and it appears a storm is coming and so i couldn't see the stars this morning and i was kind of disappointed i was like lord i wanted to see the stars this morning you know as i talked with you but i couldn't see the stars it was overcast and and very very dark but nonetheless um even though i couldn't see the stars the stars are all there and the stars to me are a beautiful reminder of courage, of hope, of strength, because they remind me how big God is. You know, we serve a God that not only the Bible tells us, not only numbers the stars he calls them all by name you know he 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 knows them by name and if god knows the number of the stars he knows us as well in fact we're told in his word that he knows every hair on our head you know we are so precious to the lord and I know sometimes we get in these little funks, and sometimes I do too, or I'm feeling a little insecure and, and like, Lord, you know, are you still with me? Sometimes I feel a little lonely and, and forgotten. But God never forgets us. He never abandons us. We are not forgotten. And the Bible says, you know, that he sees the sparrows when they fall. How much more does he see you and I? And what are his thoughts and his intents for us? You know, well, when I look up at the stars, I'm often reminded of Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. And it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
you know, God is good. And he is infinitely beyond good and infinitely beyond big. You know, we look at the impossibilities that are facing us. We look at the black clouds that are surrounding us and we think, oh, how am I going to make it through or this or that? But we have to remember that God is on his throne. And the one who names and numbers the stars also names and numbers the hairs on our head. And he sees everything within our hearts, every private struggle, every private pain, all those things that we endure wrongfully. You know, I shared about some of that that I've endured in my own life recently that has been wrongfully given to me. And yet God sees and he's allowing it for a reason to grow me and also to to push me closer to him. I've often heard it said. Or maybe I've often said it, I don't know, but whatever it is that hurts us or wounds us, as long as it pushes us deeper into the arms of our Savior, that's good. That's good. And we want that and we need that as long as it pushes us closer to Jesus. Well, I want to close with a fun little experience that we had this week. One of my best friends is visiting from Southern California and she's here along with her four children. And her four children are ages six uh, to nine and the nine-year-old is almost 10. This week we went about half an hour away uh, through the Ozark Mountains to a beautiful place called Pedestal Rocks. It's one of my favorite places to visit and to hike. They have these gorgeous big rocks and you can, you know, get up on the edge of the cliffs and you can see for miles around. It's just beautiful. But down under the rocks, you kind of take this little stairway down. There are these gorgeous caves and big caves and lots of beautiful places to hide and and to play and let me tell you those children were having a blast we came into the entrance of the caves and they were shrieking and singing and yelling and running here and running there and hiding in this corner until their siblings came around and then jumping out and surprising them and and climbing up on the edges of the cave onto little ledges and it was so much fun to watch the joy of the children in that cave And I was thinking, as the children were playing on the rock and and on the cave, about how Jesus is our rock. You know, the storms come and the storms will come in greater degrees in the coming days, but Jesus is our rock. And we can hide ourselves, as the Bible says, in the cleft of the rock. You know, there's a reason it says cleft of the rock. We can hide ourselves in the cleft of the rock and he will protect us um, from the storms. There's another verse in the Bible. uh, I think it's Psalms 61 verse 2 and it says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You know, we can take such joy Um, in the fact that we have the solid rock, the rock that will not be shaken. 
in the coming storms and the rock that will shelter us. And just as the children were were joyfully running around in the cloth in the rock and and hiding and playing and and rejoicing with their childlike innocence and joy. I think it's a lesson that God wants each of us to learn as well, to just throw ourselves upon the rock, Christ Jesus, and to find joy in the beauty of the rock and who he is in our lives. So that fun little adventure we have, or that we had this last week, my best friend and I, and some of my family as well. I pray will actually be an encouragement to you. Whatever storms you're facing, throw yourself into the rock. Throw yourself with joy upon the rock and just rejoice in the fact that we have a rock that will not change and will not be shaken, no matter the coming storms. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I want to thank you so much uh, this beautiful day that even though the storm clouds are overhead and looks like we're about to get some rain and who knows what kind of lightning or, or thunder is going to come with it. And who knows? I mean, there might even be tornadoes. We have tornadoes that come and go up here in the Ozarks of Arkansas as well. Whatever storms come, though, we can trust that you are with us and you're protecting us and that you're going to carry us through. Of course, the the storms that lie ahead in our lives are going to be more difficult than any that we've seen. But we don't need to focus on the storms. We need to focus on our Savior and focus on the promises that you've given us in your word. And so that's what I want to do today, Lord, and just praise you in advance that you're going to carry us through. You say in your word that not the weakest of your children will be lost. And so we don't need to fear. We just need to keep our eyes on you and trust you and continue to sing your praises even in the midst of the storms. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We can't wait to see you. Lord, we just cast ourselves upon you. We throw ourselves upon you with joy. We throw ourselves into that cleft of the rock. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me for this episode of Daring to Live by Every Word. Dear friend, our Heavenly Father is just waiting to make His forever home with you. In John 14, verse 23, Jesus says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. In Revelation 3, verse 20, we are told, He is standing at the door knocking, even now. My prayer is that you will not delay another day, but open the door of your heart to Jesus right now. For more information on how to grow your walk with Jesus, visit daringtolivebyeveryword.com. I look forward to seeing you next time on the next episode of Daring to Live by Every Word.